This is Dave Slavinsky, and you're listening to your Midwest Garden Podcast. Hi, this is Michael Rourke, and this is Season 2 of your Midwest Garden Podcast, Episode 19. And you know what we're going to discuss? What are we going to discuss, Scott? How are we going to discuss it? I don't want to use round table. It's three old guys hanging around the lawn. You know what? Old is a relative phrase (laughs) or word. I mean, I'm still youthful. How about you, Dave? I feel very youthful. The only old dude is Scott. I think I'm the youngest of us all, right? No. No, no, it's all. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) What are we going to discuss? We've been discussing. We get a lot of listens to the lawn service shows. So... I want to do something different this time. I don't, if you are talking about regular lawn, everyday type of thing, go back and listen to last season's episodes. Today, we're going to concentrate on all these ups and extra products that people are finding, aka me, uh, <laughs> uh, online that I'm like, ooh, I wonder if I can add to this. I mean, I, already, well, I have a service doing my fertilization. What if I green it up somehow by doing liquid iron why, why don't you be honest why don't you say you just want to one-up the neighbor the oh, neighbor yeah. does a lawn service also oh, it's nice course. and lush and green yeah of course yeah. this is why we're doing this well okay so it's it's uh, for those people listening this is your d i y lawn episode it was ymg year. podcast yes anyway so that's what that's what so pretend you have a beer Pretend we're outside because it's way too damn hot I'm to be out. Amen that. to that. <laughs> Eleven thirty in the morning. It's yes. not too early. Right. We'll do, we could shoot. We could do this at four a.m. But yeah. anyway, so yes, yeah, so I will start, and I will say we know I did. We know I did the soil kit, and we've talked about that before. And I all I really had to add was potash, and I did that. And then I promised last year that I was going to do the liquid aeration product, which... You happen to have drinking in front of you. I have. Yeah, I'm trying not to put it in my drink. So <laughs> it's basically... What is it? What's the name of it? It's Well, this version is a simple lawn solutions, and it's a liquid soil loosener. Oh, so and it's a Mickey for your lawn. You can read the, you can read the uh, ingredient there. It's basically a soil aeration lawn treatment, simple lawn solutions, liquid soil loosener. Soil aeration and lawn treatment. You know what this basically is? It says that it covers 3,200 square feet. It's bacteria. It's live. Well, it's that, and I assume it's kind of a surfactant where you kind of reduce soil tension, whereas a water bubble is kind of a dome. It spreads it out more, so you get more water. Your water down into the soil, more more surface color. In other words, what is the surfactant? No, you take your lawn service shirt off, your cap off, you oh, got I, a tank I, top on, I, and you're I'm, drinking a beer. Now, do me a favor. What is the surfactant? Talk English. Um, it spread. Uh, it 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 allows the product to adhere to a leaf surface or gotcha. spread it out over a leaf. Surface. So, nicknamed spreader sticker. Uh, spreader sticker, adjuvant would be a technical term. Can you use um, anything that spreads it out? Some some people use detergent. That's what I was going to say. Can you use a drop of liquid yeah, pledge yeah. or something? A, a lot of people use detergent in in their whatever they're putting on their weeds or lawn, which allows it to spread out 
So with Scott using this simple lawn solutions, uh, lawn treatment, the soil aeration, and it is a surfactant, meaning that it will spread outward and it'll adhere to the, sure. the good as well as the bad. It's only going to eat up the bad or the stuff that's already dead, right? I haven't seen the label yet, Mike. I'm You're not catch, sure. Dave. So just... while Dave's reading the label, how about if I give you some first round results? Go for All it. Right. Where'd you put it? Read it, Dave. So I did it in a section of my backyard that gets really dry in the summer, no matter how much water. That section of the grass, I also have, I got um, my sump pump feeding a 55-gallon uh, plastic barrel. And then I've got a pump in there pumping a sprinkler head. And when it gets full, it automatically starts watering the lawn wherever that sprinkler. So I physically am moving that. Plus I have my, uh, what am I doing, uh, my uh, irrigation system. You mean, and, th and that gets so rock hard all the time. But it's, but, you know, we have sand in this area. I get a question. Were you getting the water from your sump pump in your house? Yeah, the sump pump in the basement. So you're doing that directly to the lawn? Uh, well, I'm going to a, another, uh, I'm going to a 55-gallon drum, plastic drum, food, yeah. for one of those food drums. And then I've got another pump in there that when it reaches certain height, it cranks it on and it waters mm. that section of the lawn. We've created a monster. So, I know. No way. I, I, seriously. I know. But see, it's fair. It's, I've done this for a couple, uh, several years now. So that has no additional effect to using this product. I put this product on in early spring when it was still kind of yucky out and still would rain, well, you know, a lot. I did a portion of another section of lawn, and I did not do anything else. I, I, ne I needed an A-B comparison. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that section that I did that's rock hard every summer is looking fantastic this year. I mean, it's the best ever, and that was the only difference. You've been the, the, still the water from the sump pump that's in another fifty-five gallon tank that you're pumping out. And my regular it, water, but you're not adding anything, any, anything to it. No, it's just water. My problem with this is my glasses aren't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Always read the label, David. I, well, it's, I need better glasses. When, this is what be in mind. When, when you can read the label, yeah, read I mean, the label. You talk print. about some fine print. Yeah. that's fine print right there. Yeah, now, is it natural? It would appear so, but I can't <laughs> read it. I, I've got transitional okay, tries. there you go. All right, wait a minute. We're scooting it across the table. I got a magnifying glass. Oh, boy, that, that, that's what I needed for that, really. Oh, wow. Let me go you're, get you're that. Right. Yeah, I, I told mean, you. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, I, I assume it's biosolids or something of some sort would be my guess, but. Mike, you read the Ammonium name. sulfate. No, ammonium lorith sulfate. Ammonium lorith. L-A-U-R-E-T-H, sulfate. Yes. Now, having said that, what do it mean? It means it, it's a detergent, a spreader. It's going to spread your water out over a wider area. And open up the pores in the, the compacted soils? How, how it would work that way, I'm not a chemist. I don't know, but I, I'm just assuming you'll get better usage of your water because it's going to spread, oh. spread it out. Over a larger area rather than a drop hitting there, you know, and having a, a dime size spot. You, in other words, you got you got it will turn into your water into a quarter size spot. So it's supposed to loosen the soil. But it loose but it loosens the soil via utilizing the water better. Yes. That's, that, right that's what I take from it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, but I'm telling you that section of the lawn, 
I mean, I, I, well, when we're done, I'll go show you. Well, we no, should have like, showed you before you like, came in. Like I've always told you, Scott, if it's working for you, keep doing right, it. Right, right. You know, right. if you find it doesn't work, stop. I mean, that's... Well, I noticed, I, I, and I liked it so much that I, the other part of the yard in the back, I sprayed it, but that was more mid-late June, and I'm not having the results that I'm having. So, A, it's either, I mean, the soil's got to be very similar so it's either the time of year that's that I laid it down was spring and fall maybe the best I I would spring. say the time to do it would be spring and fall when you're getting enough um mother nature moisture yes because part of the instructions on this product is is once you lay it down for like 2 weeks you need to water on a regular basis um yeah. So yeah. that's probably why spring and fall. Or maybe are. it's just a snake oil, and it's just telling you you should water for two weeks after you put it and down, and the water's doing it. And it worked. And, and the water's doing it. Scott's it's noticing doing. positive results well, in his well, yard. Well, once again, I mean. No. All right. We, we can always take a break, and you can go and take a quick look and come back down, and Dave can No, I, I, I totally believe him, but no, I'm don't. just saying, I'm just telling you what I think it does. Well, no. then, it, no, that it makes spread, sense because we we actually had Scott look it up. I mean, yeah, sodium. Yeah. Well, there ammonium. there is a couple people on YouTube, and that's where I first found the product that actually did a better trial or A B comparison than right. I did. And I tell you, of course, he had clay, which is really what this is meant meant for. Right. And that's what right. it does. I, I have sand, but I'm telling you, that stuff was so hard that. I mean, it's it's night. See, and day. it can be like clay. I mean, if you compact it long enough, I mean, it can be rock hard. I mean, shoot, that's what sandstone's made out of. Did you know that? Well, well one of the beautiful beautiful things about clay is if you keep it moist, it holds so much moisture. It retains it forever. But once you, once you let it dry out and get hard, then then uh-huh. it's concrete. But see, I'm old enough to remember so, the drought of '88, David, and I I lived in a in a town where it was all bedrock clay, the blue clay. And we had that drought for two and a half, three months. I wasn't able to water everything. I mean, the sycamore trees were losing their oh, leaves. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the elm trees, the ash tree, everything's dropping. Yep. Uh, when they first got the first inkling of any rain, the things that came back were the ones that were able to have the root system in an adherence of, of water, which was the clay. Now, the first two inch and a half was rock hard. I mean, yeah. it was splitting. But down below, it retained the moisture. It was a silt. It was so hard. My lawn was able to rebound. Without with minimal damage during that drought. Now my question would be for that: if you came across a situation like that where where the the clay has gotten so hard on top, I wonder if you could use that, put it down right before rain, and maybe it would assist in spreading the water out and help loosen up that yeah. top half inch that is so hard and not wanting to take in water. Yeah, I think there's good applicable ideas to use sure. this product. Sure. I mean it's it's. Because one of the ideas that the guy had was he used the product a couple of weeks before he actually did a real plug aeration. Okay. And that helped the machine get deeper into the ground and pull up a lot more earth. I, I did watch a YouTube video of that where, where with the soil probe where, you know, one side it barely goes in, the other side he gets it deeper. Deeper. And so, it, so it's obviously loosening something. You got right. a 32-ounce bottle here of it, or one quart, 
And it says that it covers 32,000 square feet. So you've got one ounce per thousand square feet. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty, I mean, did you, you follow? I mean, you can't, it doesn't seem like you can burn anything with it. But you no, no, it. no. I, I, I think it's pretty much mistake proof. Yeah. To where you're you're well, not you're not going to screw anything up by by maybe a little bit of over application or under application and maybe play with it a little bit and find the sweet spot. Is I there guess. any other spot in your yard that you've done this to, or is that the only section? No, I d- I did it on the other on the side, south side of it also, but in June. Hmm. I'm going to go after yeah. this whole thing. We'll I'm going to sh- go check you, it but, out. Yeah, uh, I, you know, for no, the I, for the listeners out there, it's gorgeous. Oh yes, I, yes, yes. I did see the lawn, you know. So my so my other question is not only using this product, but um, there's a dethatch, which I really thought, according to what the guy was talking about, I really thought that this had some microbes or something that may eat some of the thatch away. No, but that doesn't. Now I'm finding no. out this is not what this is. But right, right. when I did this soil aeration liquid aeration i mean i'm still happy i'm glad i spent the money it was like what it was, that was a it was like 32 dollars it's it? like a dollar an ounce yeah whereas a mechanical aeration is probably going to cost you for the in do the entire lawn is going to cost you a hundred bucks so it's definitely cheaper than actually aerating a lawn and far easier so what about this de-thatch stuff that i'm seeing some of these diy or diyers use you have the bottle? No, I've got no. That's a picture. Oh, okay. That's where you're going to get into what uh, Mike was talking about with microbial activity. Yeah, activity and, it eats it, and then it basically it's yeah. it's it's byproduct is actually going to be a nutrient. So, do you either of you have experience with that? Um, we had that at um, at the store at Black Diamond. That's our Midwest Garden Podcast headquarters. Um, your wife's business. We've had it there, but we were selling it very briefly. And I think it was, one was a safer product and the other one was a JD or Judd Ringer's product. It came in, Judd Ringer's was called Restore. Ah, and yes. and yes. it was a granule product and mm-hmm. it was bioactive, meaning that there was act, active ingredients in there that was um, a, a, bac- a bacillus type product in there. We use something like that at uh, the company I worked for years ago called Lawn Regenerate, which was the same thing. Okay. It was exactly, it was granular. It was the exact same thing. Yeah, if you didn't have four inches of thatch, uh, let's say you had a half inch, you wanted to help break it down twice yep. a year, it'll break it down and you should get back to the basics as far as the original soil level. It works fine. I mean, but if you allow, let's say you put on a, a, a sodded lawn, Five seven years later, you got yourself three inches of thatch. Yeah, once you get once you get past a certain point, uh, it's not going to. It, it has to be mechanical, otherwise it, you're just you're well, spitting the, into the wind. Well, then we'll get <laughs> to the bioactive ingredient. It was called Judd Ringer's Restore. The other product was called uh, Turf Nurture. That was a product also, and um, then there was a safer product that comes in a liquid. That you could spray on it. Now, people, please. It it only works on 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 dead matter that's below the the eye level or the ground level of the uh, the grass. So you can't see. I don't recommend you know wasting it, but it is active and it's only going to last for about uh, about a ten to twelve week period at the most. Two times a season for about two seasons. If you've got yourself anywhere from a half an inch to an inch, and in conjunction with what David said. Using a mechanical dethatching device, not That's dethatching, my next but yeah. 
but yeah. plugging, you know, can you go and tell the benefits, Mr. Lawnman? Uh, uh, plugging, uh, aeration, plugging, whichever you want to call it, is always better than dethatching because I think I have stated in previous podcasts, when you go in with a mechanical dethatcher, you pull out so much good green grass and good rhizomes and stolons that are in there trying to do their thing. Rather, now, if you punch a hole in it, you've chopped off a rhizome, it's going to regenerate better, and it's going to, it's going to actually allow your root system to fill in better. So then when you do both of them, is that going to be both a plus? Both of what? Let's say the mechanical aeration with the plugger, not the dethatcher. Right. And let's say the bioactive uh, dethatcher itself. I can't see a downside to it. No. No, I really can't. I would think both would be would be beneficial. All right. Time. Now, once again, I would say timing of timing is important. I wouldn't do this. Yeah, in, I was going to ask you, Mr. Lawn, man. I wouldn't I, do this in the middle of summer. I would definitely do it in the fall. Well, why? I mean, that's when the days are going to get shorter. That's when the roots want to do their thing. That's when the roots want to grow. They want to expand. They want to fill in. Really? Yes. Explain more. I, what more do you need to know, Mike? Dave, we're at a round table that Scott does not want to discuss. <laughs> we're I'm sipping we're, on a coffee. We're outside. We're pretending to be yeah, outside. But but yeah. I'm pretending it's a God blessed beer. So pretend that you're a neighbor okay. helping this neighbor that needs okay, some assistance neighbor. with his lawn. Neighbor, in the fall, the grass plant is pushing its nutrients down to the root zone to try and feed the nutrients and store and produce to produce and store carbohydrates for the next year. Versus pushing the grass up and it, getting taller and greener. Exactly. It's, exactly. It's like doing the what a lot of plants do in the fall when they put the yeah. energy back into the bulb exactly. versus into a flower. Exactly. You exactly. did learn. How's Whoa. that? He's, How's Whoa. That, He's coming Lord. along, man. Damn, coming did we along. create a monster or what? I think we this did. Is, he's, Just, and it's the icing that really is on oh, the cake yes. there. So I so I I need to interrupt because okay. I have learned a bunch of things and I want to get this out because this is interesting to me. So dethatching nobody likes the dethatching rakes. Okay, no. I, I agree. I also know I've been I've been mulching my lawn for a hundred years, and am I do I know it's good for you, but am I doing damage by not doing something every five years to help? clean it up so the roots in that lower part of the grass can get some air and breathe. And you guys can respond to that. But I also learned that there are some electric or maybe even gas power, but a lot of the dethatchers that are mechanical, they have the big, a big solid bar that goes down and twirls and does mm -hmm. a lot of damage. Yep. There's also some products out there. I mean, like that Sun Joe company has one out that it looks more like a soft rake it, it would, um, twine, twiny thing, tiny it, thing, it, it thing would, that goes It would goes be around. the difference between what they call dethatching and power raking. Okay, so... It, 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 there, it, there is a difference, okay. yes, yes. So this, yes. Uh, this is more of a power rake, but I tell you, I've seen some videos, and the amount of crap thatch that they get out of the lawn... It, to me, is very impressive. May and it, I interject? And it greens everything up beautifully. It's, Scott, and you're not doing damage. I, I, when you look at a menu and you see that a hamburger, it looks absolutely perfect, doesn't it? You think that they want to put an ugly ass 
hamburger that's already been a bite taken out of it and it's dripping, you know, red juice instead of just all the well done? No. So to, so to tell you, I, I think the marketing plan is great. Anytime you got to rip the hell out of something, it ain't good for a lawn. But that's my whole but, point. The power rake doesn't do what, like the dethatcher sure does. It does. Yes, you, it's pulling out what you think is dead, but it could be a dormant or a diseased lawn blade that they're ripping out. Or yeah, or you have a plant that's like this, and it's going to scar it right down the Dave's side. Dave's pointing to his fingers yeah, so, and, 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 and scratching and, and down, scratching the, side. down the side of it uh, on our invisible video feed. <laughs> you would be, you could be scarring that root root zone right there by just dragging that hard rake across. So you there. you both are against doing anything mechanical that is attacking your. Other than aeration, yes. The plugging is, I mean, if anybody has golfed and they've seen those little goose turds down the fairways or even on the right, on, the, on right. the greens. Mike, have you ever seen a golf course detach or power rake? I've never seen it. Well, but I have seen them water in the middle of the day, Dave. <laughs> but, but aren't those it's called golf syringes, courses? Mike. You can't. I mean, that's such a short grass. They, 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 their ah, budgets no, no. are far better than yes, ours are. And you know what? Yes. I just hear, Scott. This is ridiculous I am not the lawn lawn expert here. <laughs> David, I'm going to agree with for the folks listening to this. Dave and I don't agree really too terribly well together. This is true, but I'm I'm agreeing with him right now. Don't take anything mechanical and beat the hell out of it. Yep. Uh, I, all I'm going to ask you to do is just stick to the plugging, like the goose turd pull out at the golf courses. Yep. Leave the turds lie because there's some good grasses there. The thatch that's in there is going to eventually become emulsified if you use that that bacillus product that's going to be eating the dead matter that you pulled up and that's my next question so if you guys are against that then are you so should i get rid of that crap in the lawn and be you know i'm not saying every year or every i'm just saying every once in a while to give the grass a fresh start and and does that chemical stuff work he sees 100 lawns a day come on I, David. I, I would say um you know i have a tool called a soil probe you come in and you take a profile of the soil. Once your thatch gets up to around a half inch, it's time to aerate. Don't don't let it get more than that. Every so, say every three to four years, sure, aeration is going to be a great thing to do. So here's my problem, and I'm I'm not alone. Okay, I, I'm sure there's at least hundred other listeners out there right now that's going to like Dave. We have a hundred listeners. Oh, we got more this than is awesome. Listeners. All right. Jeez. <laughs> what I'm going, what, geez. 99 now that you joined us. Uh, <laughs> Mike, sorry, Mike, 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 you need an ambulance. Um, so anyway, no, but I've got some trees in the roots that it's hard to aerate my backyard. So we okay. never do it. Right. So now, can I be, get a little hall pass and be able to use a, the liquid, some type of liquid, eat my thatch well, up? I, I would go back to what I said before, and, and if, if it's going to work for you, yes. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in mechanical aeration. It's always suited my purpose as well. But if you find another route that works, yes, I'm all for it. But I, do you know. you know if those products do work? That see, I, we're just three guys talking, and I was going to put my professional hat on and say I've never seen a university study on these products. Okay. So, with that being said, have, I don't have, know. Have any other of our other neighbors asked you about this, and have they tried it? <laughs> no. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I I would like to see research done on them because one, 
it would be far easier on my employees to pull a hose and spray stuff than to take an aerator on lawn. It, it, it's, right. it's hard work. It that is. Up. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, until I see some kind of data, I, I, I can't make that commitment. So in other words, you got a CYA. We're talking to neighbor, neighbor Dave. Neighbor Dave. Neighbor Dave is in not, this episode. In this episode, right? And so, forget the science. Scott's doing his science right now. If he continues to do this on this, would would you be willing to do something like this to your lawn? Um, I would. Yeah, I would try my lawn. Um, but once again, you're looking at sample size. If you want to get scientific about it, oh, two, la- two lawns is no, not. We, a- he, we brought the lawn service <laughs> manager back in. No, no, it's more of a science approach than just lawn service. You you need more than two lawns to get a solid sample size. But and- I know, I know, conditions are are are, are a factor. Yes. Uh, you know, if he's facing I would, east, uh, he's facing south. I mean, there's totally different environments right, involved, different right. but, soils. But to try it on my lawn, certainly. But see, the, the problem here is, and I hate to admit this as a lawn service guy, is Scott cares more about his lawn than I care about mine. Oh, God. <laughs> is that another point there, Scott? No, no that's a truthful know. fact. Oh, no, I'm sorry. When I get when I get home, um, it's it's not at the front of my mind. No, okay, so a, a quick Kind of wrap up on aeration. You're saying it's a good thing. And yes. Yes. So I get that. I, I'm still hooked on thatch, and so aeration is 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 going to take a whole plug away of stuff. Yes. So does how does aeration actually help thatch, or does it not? It, it does because what's going to happen is there's soil at the bottom of the plug that you take when you're aerating, and then that's going to fall down and kind of top. Top dress the lawn, but that little little plug of thatch on the top, being on top rather than down in the thatch layer, is going to be broken down faster by the sun. Not only and the, the sun, but the lawnmower coming over yes. it and yes. beating it up. But, and but, and there's a blade of grass that's growing in that usually, probably which would probably a rhizome. Yeah, and then the rhizomes from the roots and the hole that you create. Yes, but the amount of plugs you pull out in a in a square area. Is what I mean? I mean, is it enough? Are you pulling out enough thatch that you're really helping to remove a thatch problem? I have to say yes. Having okay. done this for a long, lot of years, I have seen the results. It it does work. Okay. And once again, I go back to what the golf courses have showed us and things like that. It does seem to benefit. Would you recommend seeding? I mean, and doing it at the end of the fall, like the other at the proper time of year, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. No, that's good. I just, you know. He doesn't believe you. No, no. So he's going to do it himself. You know exactly what he's going to do. You're going to see him. You're going to look over the fence, and you're going to see him out there. What you doing, neighbor? No, no. I mean, mean, and in fact, let's talk talk aeration. If you have a service that does it, you better call them now and get your name on a list. This is true. Because. Um, There was a lot of damaged grass from last year that people may have even neglected this spring. That yeah, you better hurry up and get on a list because otherwise, yes, you might be in trouble. Yes, y- you might get closed out. Yeah, and it's been a several years since I've aeration or had aeration done to the lawn, and it's probably yeah. about time. You, it, you have it, about but I can only inch. do my front. Why? Why? why can I you? got too many tree roots in the back. Now we all agree we're going to do aeration 
plugging. You can try this. Corin, you can you try can put- this liquid one. I, I, I'm still going to apply it in the fall, and I'll still apply it next spring because mm-hmm. it's working in there. Sure. Okay. Now, another product that's floating around out there. Mm-hmm. It's this one. There's similar ones. They're the ones that get you to reduce watering up to 50%. This one product is actually called Hydretain. Mm-hmm. Hydretain. Get it? Retain the water. Mm-hmm. Is that like them there, expandable hoses? <laughs> so, yes. So, it's supposed to manage soil moisture, extending water intervals for plants, grasses, trees, shrubs, all of it. So, you save time and labor, increase seed germination. Am I allowed to say bullshit? Lower water <laughs> utility bills. That I'd use in the garden. Eliminate right. local dry spots. <sighs> In, All right. Improve you, nutrient. I, snake update. oil. Yeah, I, I come of come from a school of if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Like them they're expandable hoses. Um, granular I, or liquid? No. Your option. Uh-huh. How is a granular? I, I you know, I'm I'm trying to, in my mind to figure out the science behind it. Hey, it works I, wonders. I'm just telling you. It says it. Right. I know. If it's on the internet, it's gotta be true. You mean it's not? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know about this one. No, I I'm, I'm I, I looked at it a little bit, too. I just don't really buy it. It's not a wetting agent. I'm, I'm reading off their thing here. It's unique ability to impact the movement of moisture vapor, the gas form of water, as it moves back up through the soil where it normally be lost to evaporation, and it turns it back into water. I've seen this example in the video. It, it's it's like it's like reverse those reverse gels you get in in the shipments that's supposed to keep the humidity away and the moisture away. It's like the well, reverse. Well, but that, of that makes sense because it's soaking the humidity the moisture up. I, I is this like those silica pellets that you would get? That's what he was it's, just. It's yeah. the reverse of that. Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. it repels the. Why would you want to repel moisture? In your garden, I mean in lawn. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you, Dave talks about getting a university study. The uh, the Hydretain has been certified as a 93% bio base by the United States Department of Agriculture Bio Preferred Program. It's safe to use on commercially grown food, too. It just says it's been certified as bio whatever it doesn't say it works <laughs> thank you i was hoping somebody was going to jump on that i'm just, I'm just I'm a, i mean we I mean, we're not here slamming the product no 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 we don't not, know enough I, I, but no i don't hide retain would love to send me some i would be happy to put it through its paces as would i yeah I, I, i'm I mean, willing to try t- new technology some of some some of it gets a little expensive. Fifteen pound bag is sixty bucks for the granular, or a quart is forty. Mm. So it gets, well, but you don't need much. Well, and well, in either case, I wouldn't figure. Why would I, I still have a question? Why would you want to evaporate the the moisture that's in the soil? Well, before instead of it, you don't want instead of the moisture evaporating. This as the as the moisture comes up. Before it evaporates, it's turning it back in and pushing or making it stay at grass level 
it's think of it like a solar cover on a pool. Mm, the heat yeah. heat coming back up, trying to escape that solar cover is pushing it back down, leaving it in the water, not letting it escape. That, so you'd be making like a petri dish for more fungus activity later on. It's a valid point, actually. I mean, I if, mean if you're going to hold that moisture there overnight, right at the crown of with the, the plant, heat, with the that's more humidity. I'm not knocking it. I mean, yeah, I'm just, right. no, no, no. I'm, we're, I'm, just, we're just we're just. Spitballing here, throwing this stuff against the wall. I'd like to. I'd like to find out how well that works. Are you willing to use it on? Wait, we could do it on Dave's because he doesn't care. That's right. (laughs) Let's get. I'm serious. Why don't we get one and see if we can do our own test plot? I mean, forget Michigan State University, Ohio State University. Let's just do it in our own backyards in the Midwest here. Yeah, I mean, no, I'd give it a try. Just like the other stuff, I'll buy it and try it. Okay. Yeah, reduce watering up to fifty percent. Well, with the with the water prices in my area, because it's I just got my tax bill. Three different thousand different pipes. That <laughs> each pipe is a ten million dollar surcharge. Then yeah, maybe the maybe the hey Hello? that is hide retain. Who's this? No, it's hide retain calling us now. Oh, offering yes. a free <laughs> one quart, a free trial right now. What are you doing, slamming our business? Hey, wait a minute, I'm going to give you one. It doesn't matter how many times you tell people to silence your phone before recording. We were talking first, and I. I'm so God. glad it happened to him. Ah, <laughs> no, no people don't call me anymore. Okay, so I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm well, I'll buy some. We'll, we'll try it. All right, we'll and try, then that'll we'll, be an option for how long well, are we going to let it go? I mean, because we're going to invite our neighbor Dave to come back over and look over his fence. Well, you would think now would be a time to try it as, <laughs> right, moisture, as will be, moisture will be fleeting now. Well, it is fleeting now. I mean, so, I'll, I'll, I'll order it. I'll order it tonight. Because I, I have a really nice piece of heat stress picture of I was going to show you, Scott, on my lawn. It's oh, your yeah. lawn? Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be... Because he, he wondered why, you know, you get green in with the brown when you have heat stress. It also depends on what's underneath of the soil itself, too. Or True. is there any reflection? Or, or, or there's or, a bunch of ores. a lot of ores. Yeah. A lot of things to check. A lot of ores in the water? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I did Do you realize that you said so 17 times in the last two minutes? Yes. And I will edit so. 16 of them out. <laughs> So, I gotcha. So anyway, so I did the soil test. I tried the aeration, and then I tried. Oh, I know what I need to tell you. Okay. So, so this is the other one. So I did have a little uh, fungus problem in the, my front yard from oh, watering. Forbid you admit time. this. The first step is the hardest. I'm just, admitting. Just, just, just say it, Dave. You were right. Yes. Wait a minute. So I, I told him. Which it, then in turn came and told you. I have been watering at night for years because in my sand, it hangs on to it. I hide retain very well. But, no, no, no. But That's true. I got hit. I did get hit with a fungus. What did, what did I have in my lawn, Dave? Tom? Wow. The list. It was a multitude. Um, there was some red thread, some dollar spot. I think I saw the start of some patch disease also. Whoa. Um. But we caught it in time. Hourglass-shaped blade leaves on. Yes. He was just, he was lucky the previous years. He had Michael Rourke ask him, hey, you might want to have Dave come over from no, next floor no, and take no, a look. No, 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 He was lucky in previous years because we didn't have so much 
extended humidity. I mean, the grass was getting a chance to dry out at certain points, but we just had a stretch where the humidity just wouldn't allow the crown of the plant to dry out at all. So, so Dave came and sprayed. Yep. Solved my problem. So then, you know, I'm like, my grass is looking bad and it's looking beautiful all year long, all year long up to that point. So I said, okay, I'm usually a malorganite guy, but I'm also learning, hear me out here, that, and Dave's not going to like this, that there are some guys talking about not fertilizing your lawn in the heat of summer, like July, August, because your grass is under stress to try to save itself or or go into dormancy, but yet you're trying to say grow. He's been so, on the internet too much. Yes. No. <laughs> so. No, there is some truth in what you're saying, Scott. This, okay. There is some truth. Um, you have to be careful what fertilizers you're using. You want to make sure you're using sulfur or polycoated sulfur-coated urea so you're not getting that blast of fertilizer. You, you're allowing it to do... Um, Called slow release. Yes, basically what you're doing with a winterizer application, you're allowing it to store nutrients. Therefore, when the weather changes, it has nutrients stored and it can recover. Ready to go. Yeah. Okay. So it, it, it's a partial truth. You just have to be careful with yes. the fertilizer you choose I, to I do. I would it. not go in there with straight urea and apply right. it in the middle of summer. You're really going to mess well, things up. Well, I have up. a question. Can, I, have a can quest- I finish this real quick? Go, because I, I, I'm getting confused here. So, well, that's why I'm going to solve your problems, Mike. I'm going to wave uh, my magic wand. Okay, all right. I just got to go get one. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to try it. Maybe I just want the green, which is the little bit of iron that's in malorganite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, otherwise it's nitrogen. So that's trying to push grass up and I don't want to mow extra. So I was like, I'm going to try liquid iron mm-hmm. because my grass was looking bad. Okay. From the- that's a micronutrient. So I sprayed it. And it was, I have a little it's a more. secondary nutrient. I have 2,000 square feet in my front, a little bit more in the bottle. $10 bottle was a perfect, you know, 2,000 square foot coverage. Anyway, so I did it. So what I learned was it's faster than the iron in, uh, in a granular form to green things up. It did green things up. It took it a little longer, but you got to be more careful with applying it because you can get it on your sidewalks and it will stain. Orangish, yes. Yeah, and then if you put too much, it can turn your uh, grass black. Um, So I threw it down, but I also learned that it doesn't last that long. Well, unless you get chelated. And this was chelated. So chelated, yeah, it was chelated liquid. Chelated granulated. No, no, this was chelated liquid. There's a chelated granule. Oh, okay. Like Option. Dave was making mention about the urea, not urea, but the sulfur-coated products where it gives you a right. slower release. You get the retention or, and the longer longevity of the nutrients that are being put into the soil instead of that boom, that quick release. The chelated version, and you got to look and see how much iron you have in there percentage-wise. You get the granule, you can do the same thing, except if it's chelated, you get almost an immediate release, but it's not going to be the full component going into the lawn. It's going to give you a slow, continuous release of that. Whereas if you were to put straight iron in there right right now, like your liquid, boom, immediate gratification. But we'll say it starts to discolor within about 10 days to two weeks. 
it turns to a lighter green color. It saved me because it was looking bad because I had the fungus. So sure. it greened it up pretty quick. And then as the grass came back, you know, it did its own green. Mm-hmm. So yes. it, it, yes. it was almost like I spray painted the lawn during my transitional time. Right. Would I use it again? I don't know. I, uh, it was okay. It saved me. I don't know if it really saved me mowing. But can you, somebody explain chelated real quick for everybody that's chelating, including it, me? Sometimes iron, which you said it was a secondary essential nutrient, it's a micronutrient that most every plant needs. I mean, you need the iron, the boron, the manganese. All these are micronutrients where you can get... Out of uh, dolomite lime, it's going to, you can apply it to a veggie garden. You're not going to get as much of a benefit on the lawn because it doesn't break down fast enough to get into the soil. Whereas chelated means that it's going to break down faster. It's almost immediate gratification like what you got from your liquid. So chelated is the opposite. Chelated is fast versus a slow release. Versus a slow release. Gotcha. Gotcha. The difference being it doesn't have staying power. Even even the fertilizers yeah. I use, if they have iron, the iron is used up pretty, it's pretty gonna, quick. Yeah. It's going to use it. Here's my question. You got me confused. said no no mid-season fertilization. Uh, I, I, I tend to disagree. I mean, if you're going to end up being like a Scott who happens to be, you know, somebody that wants to go out and maintain the yard, you can do it as much as you want. As long as you know what, the, for every conscious decision you're making, you're going to find that there's going to be an equal or greater positive or negative consequence. But where Dave is in, in play here, he's in charge of what? A multi-million dollar lawn service where when he comes home, he does not want to go out there and pick the weeds out of his yard or listen to his spouse tell him, you know, you work for a lawn service. Um, the lawn is kind it, of sparse. It, it's picking the right broad spectrum tool for the job. Well, I, I I have to I have to kind of make it um, accessible to, from the lowest common denominator up to the really particular customer. So I have to use coding, and that makes it more error proof on the customers. I when I worked in retail for a garden center, there were people that wanted to one up their neighbors, like oh, what yeah. Scott wants to do oh, right yeah. now. One gentleman, multiple gentlemen would come in, and they would want. Straight urea. We would have to order. It's forty-eight oh, percent straight urea. Some these guys knew what they were doing. After they burnt the heck out of their lawns wow. the first two times, now they they didn't give up. Well, now I'm not going to promote this, but if you're considering using straight urea <laughs> on a lawn, you better be ready to accept whatever the consequences are going to be. I mean, you could cook the hell out of it. Yeah, make sure it's not one hu- oops. make sure it's not humid when you apply it cuz You're going to get an immediate breakdown you're too. You're going to get an immediate humidity burn on the top. Right, of the it's going to break down on yeah. the blade of the grass. If if I was going to use straight urea, the only time I would use it would be around Thanksgiving. Well, here's what I was going to say. I mean, if you're good enough at it and you have somebody that knows what in the heck they're doing. I mean, you got a guy down the street you want to show up? Just give it a, you know, like a 1 pound per 1000 square foot application. Only on certain conditions. Dave's eyes are rolling. <laughs> That's like, a lot. Well, no, one no. pound per thousand of straight urea. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. And I, then, and then at the right time of year, you're just growing it into disease problems. That's right. You're, you're feeding the. That's what I was going to lead to. You're pushing too much top. Most growth. diseases will feed off of nitrogen. Yes. Yes. For, but but you one need a balance. So this is where I wouldn't recommend putting that one pound per thousand. I wouldn't put any straight urea down 
Unless you unless you got snow and you want to melt the, the oh ice we used to, on your we sidewalk. recommended it for the gutters and, and people's lawns yes, yes. I mean on their on their houses to melt the ice it's a great ice melt it, it really is it, it really is so to get back to where <laughs> it is it's fantastic uh all right my attention deficit disorder just basically kicked in I just wanted to make sure that people understood that there are diseases that feed off of the fertilizing that you put on yes but there's one that you can counteract. That hits about this time of year, which is called what? Has a little pinkish cast to it? Red thread. Yes. yes. And nitrogen does what to it? Let me rephrase Well, that. it allows it to grow through it. Red thread is a purely cosmetic disease. It doesn't Oh, yeah? Ki- Tell that to the yellow patches in my yard. Oh, it doesn't kill grass. Those areas will reco- recover with proper care, and you know that. Speaking of those yellow patches, people always come in and ask about dog spots. Good luck. Exactly. I've seen... I've, Get a cat. <laughs> I've seen some... I mean, there's guys running around with... Um, you know, Rocks. Line. There's ga- gallon jugs of water. As soon as their dog pees, they're, well, they're trying to dilute it. They, they, In it, reality, that that's the best solution is to right. dilute it. Instantly. There's no miracle out there. Yeah, there's no, there's no product that's going to... You can go to the store and say, hey... Well, we were discussing urea... That is a deposit that's of what that straight is. urea. That is a deposit of hey, straight, which is what can happen so to your So if they do that lawn. one pound per thousand square feet, it will look like a dog. They have a very large dog. Very large, very large golden <laughs> very patches large. Very large. in the yard. And Scott's transition. <laughs> okay, so I got, I got one more, and then we're going to top it off with this time of year. Um, I had to put hot ash down. Per the soil kit recommendation, okay, but potash is similar to wood ash that you burn in your fireplace. Depends on the wood; it really does. Okay, so I have a couple questions, and you guys can fire away. Oh, I got another one I want to add too. Remember that. <laughs> so, so potash, so lime. You guys talk about lime a little bit, and how that would help a weekend warrior. And then I want to know about, can I take my ashes from my fireplace and disperse them either in a lawn or maybe even garden, Mike? That would be beneficial. And I want to add one more to you. You're, when you mow, in, let's see, you're mulching mower, and you have those extra grass stripes from the mulch coming out, you know what I'm saying? You, you get a row of extra grass that has been killed. You know, you see the lines, the mower lines, like a day later they turn brown because they're laying on top of the grass that your mower couldn't handle. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm with you now. The longer blades? Yes. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's cut up. Yeah. I'm not explaining this well. Well, no, the, the key to mulching and adding nutrients, I think, is not cutting off so much that, that you have that brown stripe where the grass right. is laid. Because sometimes, well, sometimes when I'm in a jam, because I'm at the sure, garden sure. center all the time now, I, sure. I don't get to mow as much as I like. So I, I will go back and mow a second time. Yep. And, yep. and mulch the mulch. Yep. So you yep. don't have those lines. But if you have those lines... Somebody was recommending actually either blowing them off your grass mm-hmm. or raking them up because you're you actually if it's thick enough or whatever you can actually keep the sun from hitting the grass where your wheels of your mower went. Yep. 
Certainly. Certainly, because that, that plant that it's covering needs that lead Need. blade to collect sunlight, photosynthesis, make So that, that may be a very detailed, crazy, it is. crazy nut thing to it, do. It, it seems like a very no, Scott but otherwise, thing otherwise to do. Otherwise, yeah. making a, did, you ever, <laughs> did you ever consider crisscrossing it at the same time you mow? Oh, I, if I mow twice, it's a different direction. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I've seen people with their blower vacs out blowing their lawn. Sure. And it looks like the dumbest thing ever, but I realize what they're doing is they only mowed once. Yeah. And they're trying not to get that that leftover it's brown almost, what's gonna be a, a brown strip. Yeah, almost a suffocation that it's doing yeah. to the, to the right. grass. So that's that's a legit thing and yeah. Yeah. maybe you don't want your grass blades covered by anything if possible because they need light to, to make food. Okay, so that's why they call it photosynthesis people. I think there we go. Light processing. All right, so let's hit that lime and hit my potash question. Benefits of lime. Now, let me hit one thing: the moss will will basically neutralize the pH for the most part. Now, moss can be because of a number no, the, of factors. The lime's going to neutralize the right. pH. The moss is yeah. basically can be because of too much moisture. Right. It could be because of the pH is screwed up. It could be because of lack of sunlight. It could be a number of factors. Lack of air circulation. Lack of air circulation. So the moss generally is not going to be the, the cure-all. What it will do is it's going to neutralize the pH or bring the pH back to normal, about 6.5 if you're... You mean the lime? The lime yeah. will. Okay. And yeah. that's what, yeah. what for in lawn areas where you had... Well, one way you can judge that, you look at the environment... What do I have surrounding? You got nothing but a bunch of oaks and ash trees around. Well, a genius will end up saying, guess what? He's got acid, man. You got acid in your soil. Neutralize the pH by putting the moss down. You notice the moss gradually. the lime down. Yeah. You, you keep using moss, Did I say moss? instead of moss lime. Moss for lime. No, no. All right. It's and I have an acid problem. problem. <laughs> oh, picked on. All right. So you use the lime to neutralize the pH yes. in the soil yes. so that the moss will not continue to grow it'll go from a deep dark green to a light green from a light green to a yellow to almost a gold and then a brown and that's basically how the lime will help to neutralize the ph for long growing conditions is that is lime what is in moss x basically no, no that's that's no, that's, that's, that's iron that's, that's straight, straight iron ferrous sulfate yeah oh do i want to put that in my lawn to green it up it's iron i see now people you do it in the lawn for with if you've got the moss I wouldn't feel uncomfortable doing it. I don't think. I think it's a different sort of iron. I don't think That's it's what gonna, I figure. I don't think it's going to be absorbed by the grass. But he's got moss. It'll knock the moss out. Oh, it will. It'll yeah, no. turn it black. I don't, I don't have you moss don't have anymore. anymore. I, and I didn't use that. I used lime. Well, yeah. either case. Yeah, lime again. and, you know, a couple of dead trees. Now, we'll get into the micronutrients where you were talking. You wanted to know if, if uh, potash was the same as lime. And I said, no, there might be some potassium, which is potash, which is a micronutrient right. that is in lime, but that's in dolomitic lime where it breaks down easier. People use that basically in gardens, and they use it in um, lawns. Where they use it in the lawn for what, Dave? To adjust pH. That was basically yes. it, yes. In the garden, on the other hand, it's when your lawn or when your garden is basically you're planting things for year after year after year behind the garage. They put it back in there not just to sweeten the soil, but to reinstitute or reincorporate those micronutrients that the plants, like potatoes, tomatoes, onions, all of those are going to take those micronutrients and run. Have you ever seen on a tomato plant the ugly, what do they call it? Uh, oh, gosh. 
uh, black pat, black spot on the bottom of the the tomato, and that's called blossom end rot. End rot. Yeah. Well, that is because of the lack of nitrogen. And uh, of nitrogen, it's because of the lack of nutrients and micronutrients. And you put on the calcium, you put on the manganese, the boron in the soil before you plant it. You should be pretty good. If it, you got it afterwards, they got a spray that you can spray onto the plant. And it'll help to bring the calcium level back up, which is one of the micronutrients. Right. See, I always thought I was always taught that lime is like the foreman of the working group of nutrients. It's going to make sure all everything else goes where it needs to go. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of yeah. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, it works cool. with like your icing thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 the way I was taught it. I guess. Okay, but, so that's so, the benefits, and you're right. Well, all right. Now, where did you, who taught who taught you that? Be honest, your dad, right? Or Busha? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I would say my dad. You, yeah, okay, yeah, because the dad. old timers basically knew what in the hell they were talking about. Yeah. That's a forgotten talent or forgotten trait. And I would swear to goodness, anybody that's over the age of 75, maybe closer to 85, listen to them on how they did this. Sure, you can get a big yawn, but you definitely get positive results for what they knew. Okay, so moving on, because we've got to wrap up here soon. Uh, can, no, I want to go to this real quick. The mulching, you asked of the benefits of reincorporating the nutrients back into the ground yeah. for the lawn? Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Does it? Yes, it does add some nitrogen back in. Certainly. Okay. Certainly. Now, on a quick end to close on that, don't take those, especially if you're treating your lawn, especially with a weed killer, and put it in your garden. I've seen right. too many lawns oh, yeah. right. that have taken yeah. it and put it in the furrows in their garden where they're wondering, my tomato's down. What the heck is wrong? Well, they put the grass clippings in there that they've done for hundreds of years. Right. And the weed killer basically is going to knock them out if it's not too much nitrogen or those nutrients from the lawn service itself. Remember, the, most weed killers that a company is going to use on your lawn break down. They have a half-life of about 10 days. So. Two weeks, right. Yeah. yeah. So as long as you composted them for a long time, for a few weeks, you'd be fine. But don't just cut it. Don't and cut it and it. dump it in your garden. No. no never. Never. So if I have a fire pit for summer, fall, and then, or like, I mean, I still have some ashes in my inside fireplace. Can I recycle those? Can I put those, would it do the lawn anything? Or, I I mean, it's. Scientifically, I can't answer that. I don't think it's going to hurt anything. No. No. I don't think it's going to do anything. I've done it in my Perfectsburg lawn with that clay. Didn't notice much on the lawn. Right. Put it around each one of the oak trees and used it as so that it breaks down. I used it every every winter and fall. I mean, I used to burn wood like there was no tomorrow and take the ashes and put them right around the oak trees. The following season, um, I would then go ahead and put in my impatience. And those sons of guns were knee high before the 4th of July. They were about three feet plus tall. There you go. That was something that I, I swear to goodness, I would use it for any vegetable garden. I would use it in any type of a flower garden. I didn't notice any benefit of a lawn, but I definitely did in the gardens. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. I, knew, I knew it helped in the garden. I just would, since I would throw it out there a lawn. Yeah, I, I think something Mike said earlier is probably true. It would depend on the kind of wood, what, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of that's variables. True. Well, if you use fruit wood, there's a lot of acid in it. So, too, is oak trees. But there's a chemical counteraction, too, to it. I mean, any kind of wood's going to break down. You can use the the, the softest wood in the world, like willow, 
but you're not going to get much ash out of it because it's too porous. The harder the wood, walnut, walnut has a problem when it comes down to leaching something into the soil, which is a toxin, and it prevents other things from growing. I'm not sure how that walnut ash will work in your yard or garden as far as preventing other things grow. We've talked about this in the other shows, but I want to bring up grubs again. And oh, we pick, don't have grubs. We live in a gated community. Because because it's that time of year where Dave's attacking, and, and, yes. and it's more or less teaching people the life cycle of a grub. Yes. It doesn't happen in the winter. It's it's starting now. It's it's the, a weird the, time. Do moles eat them? The beetles are starting to fly right now. Oh, yes. So <laughs> that means soon they will be laying eggs, and we are putting down a gr- uh, grub preventer now, which is watered in, taken up by the grass plant. That way it's there when the grubs hatch. They eat the grass a little bit. They stop eating. They die instantly. I mean, so they can't do damage. Uh, moles, no, there is no correlation between grubs and moles. Say that again. Other than they are both underground. I was going to say, yes. say that, that again. That is the only thing they have. I've had people, about that when I worked times. lawn service eons ago, I didn't have a mole in my yard until I got your lawn service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, okay, old yeah. dude, I, I mean... Well, you were using chlorine for 20 years straight to right, prevent right, anything right. from there, coming there, in like ants. There is so much misinformation about there. I would tell everyone to read anything by Dr. David Shetler out of Ohio State University. If you want to learn anything about grubs and moles, he'll tell you everything you need to know. Not Dr. And, and he will back up everything I have said. So for right. the weekend warriors that lay their own fertilizers, it's time to lay your merit product. Right I would now. I would put your grub preventer down about now. Sure. Effective yeah. ingredient is called imatoclopride. I am. There are others out there, but that's T-H-L-O-P-R-I-D. So there's a lot. There's some products uh, at the garden centers that say you know do it now in the spring, you know, and and we've talked about this. Do you want to tell us why you say it's better to do you're it? Gonna, you're looking at July, Dave when you say beginning that. July. Um, well, the ones you're trying to kill in the spring are the ones that have overwintered from fall between the frost line. They go down of- below the, they dig, they burrow down below the frost line in the fall, and then they come back up in the spring, and they're really not very hungry. They're getting ready to molt and change. So they don't eat a lot, and they have gotten so large they are almost impossible to kill. You want to kill them at their youngest stage, hence the grub preventer. It kills them when they are very small. That way we use minimal active ingredient. All right. So I want less, you to put your professional wings on. How long, I just how, long, on. how long does it last? The stuff that you're putting uh, down. There are variables, but I, I around 180 days. Straight. Yes. Gotcha. There's products that you buy over the counter that aren't going to last anywhere near that. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So I would recommend probably and perhaps always follow the label. Of but, course. But- Use two applications of it. Because if you've got... No, 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 no. You if don't you use, use two applications, you use half a rate each application. You're, never, you're not going to get... Yes, I'm saying not half a rate from a bag. I'm talking You can only rate. put down a maximum rate per year. But if you put it down, it's like my, grub, my crabgrass control theory, too. I'll roll your eyes. This, <laughs> it, I got the grass to grow, and I had proof of it. But anyhow, um, with the, crab, with the uh, over-the-counter stuff... I don't care. You want to, you can call it. I won't even name names. 
you put that down end of May, first part of June. That's going to last 12 weeks. You do June, July, August. What's going to protect it for the next three months, which is September, October? Well, actually, two but more. Why, why, why do you need why it in May, so May and June? Because a lot of people have had surface scrub activity in August. What, what do you mean? No, you don't need it in you May. Said you, June. you put it down end of May, first part of June. So it's there mid-July. All right, even if you wait. But see, most most I, average homeowner. I, I want you to find me grub activity in July. You found it. No, I didn't. You found it in my neighbor's yard. Those were grubs from last year. I didn't. You said just you just said grub activity. No, I'm talking about grubs that are going to kill that's your yard. Proof that there's a history. Well, you saw the lawn. And and in order to kill those grubs, you would have had to put it down in March. That's where I'm going to the dialogue scenario. Yes, but dialox is it's not going to. It's not gonna, a and no, you water no. it in. It's and you water it in the same day. And it's probably not going to work on grubs that large in the spring. You How said many... probably. It's not proof. Y- okay. Well, I mean, there's yeah. never. So you're going to kill 15% of them. Man, who cares? You just piss your money away on Dilox. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so I we have uh, at the store, we have a beautiful life cycle photo Mm-hmm. That I'm going to post on the Facebook page. Is that the cartoon drawing? Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the cycle. And so the easiest way to remember is, is they're making babies when they're flying around and they're going to come and lay them in the ground. <laughs> yes. Those are the bad boys. Those little babies are the one that when do the carpet damage. The ladies yes. want to Every- always raise their children in the neighborhood they grew up in. So they'll come back. They'll come they back. come back to the same areas all yeah. the time. So if you can if you can get a couple years of laying that down good in July, early July, letting that work July, August, September, you get those hatchlings by. Yeah. There's no more um, people to come back, and it, 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 you're going to have a vacancy in your ground. Exactly. A no exactly. a no Stay vacancy away from sign. Those beetle bags. Don't use beetle yeah. bags. Yes. Those beetle bags. Well, you can if you've got somebody you really have a distinction. <laughs> Tell your neighbors. Here we go. I think I we've been on this before yeah. for God. some reason. So now that we've covered everything from let's say all the way down to these dethatching chemicals that you're putting into the yard, all the way down to grub control, do you think that we basically satisfied anybody's questions for the, throughout the course of this time of the year? Well, I'm just glad we talked more than the basics. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. we went a little deeper. Went off on a little yeah, tangent I, kind of thing. to Because we covered all the basics last year. I mean, yeah, that, that, I mean, we went through all that. Yeah, but no two seasons are alike. Last year True. was totally different than it is this year. Well, right? why don't you ask the listeners to write in? Why don't you get what you did it last year? It worked. Why don't you write in? Get a hold of us at yourmidwestgardenpodcast.com. That's the website. Yeah. It's, what's our what's our email? Go to Facebook. Just go to Facebook. Yeah, ask your questions. We'll answer it. I've been answering a lot of them. When are you going to start answering? All right, everybody. We'll see you later, guys. Been fun. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.